Don't feed the trolls. We are your hosts, and today we're talking about ghosts. See, that was easy. <laughs> Simple rhyme. Just right, just right off the top of my head. Great. Yeah. yeah. We, don't, we don't need to write this stuff down. We do it live. We do it live. Yeah. And after 100 episodes, we're pros, guys. We're pros. We're pros. Yeah. No, but you have to, you know, if we're really pros, though, you would you would figure out some rhyme that went with poltergeist or something <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? You'd have some kind of crazier, more smart word for ghosts. Poltergeist, right? Exactly. We're, we're working. We're working on it. Yeah. But uh, welcome to uh, our team of supporters, Jamo De Bruin. De Bruin? How do you say that? I I don't know. I think you did a pretty good job, though. Uh, Jamo De Bruin. That's our new patron over at, at patreon.com slash don't feed the trolls. And if you, dear listener, pledge $1 a month, you'll get all of our troll talks as well as a new AMA we just recorded uh, with a bunch of questions. And we took some calls from our patrons. So get on it. Go over to patreon.com slash don't feed the trolls and check out all that bonus content. Also, we don't have ads on this show. We keep it real. We've been jumping right into the content, right into the meat, the guests, and uh, we don't want to waste your time. And you can help. You can help with that by just uh, pledging five bucks, ten bucks, thousand bucks a month, whatever you want. You know, we're not going to pressure you. No coercion. Just uh, yeah. Just just a reminder. And at this point, you know we're good for the money because we've been doing this podcast. 98 percent longer than every other podcast out there. <laughs> we've already won. Yeah. So where do you think your money goes best? It goes best in Don't Feed the Trolls, baby. But today... Invest in the best. We're going to talk about ghosts, and I'm excited about this episode. We've been playing email tag with our guest, Mickey Gilmore, for about six months. And she <laughs> she worked at a haunted library. Matt, I Googled. One day I was like, shit, let's just do a... Uh, let's just do a... Let's just do an episode on ghosts. And this came up in like several top 10 most haunted places in America. Great. This library in Green River, Wyoming. And we'll talk about it a little bit more with our guest, Mickey Gilmore. She worked there and retired there. I think she worked there her whole life or most of her adult life. And it's got a lot of great stories. It sounds pretty crazy and cool. <laughs> and I'm sure Matt will be the skeptic and I will be the believer. <laughs> And it will be fun. I'm just interested in what Mickey has to say. All right, let's bring her on the show. We were talking earlier, Matt and I, about Green River, Wyoming, at the Sweetwater County Library that was established in. 1892. I guess it was built on an old cemetery. And since uh, the day it opened in 1980, uh, lights went on and uh, there was all sorts of crazy stuff. Like lights would go on throughout the, the building at night. Former employees said that sometimes their names would be typed on the computer when they turned around and lights dancing off of walls. Today, our guest, Mickey Gilmore, you worked there and uh, retired recently 
but you have a whole long history, and I guess you're working on a book about this haunted library. Can you tell us a little bit about your history with the library and yourself and growing up in the area and kind of give our listeners sort of an introduction? Sure. Hey, hi, everybody. Thanks for asking me to do this, first of all. Um, I grew up in Green River, lifelong kid. I'd already always heard the stories. I started working for the library in 1992 as a substitute and then slowly got part-time, then full-time. So, yeah, I, I had worked there 23 years. I always tell people I'm not an expert. I hadn't had a lot of things happen to me previously before I worked there, like a couple little things that you could go, oh, that was interesting. The first week I worked there, things started happening. There is a plaque out front of the library that states that uh, when the library was established and that from the beginning workers and uh, those that built the library too um, experienced unexplained things. Hmm. So, you know, a a lot of townspeople always, you know, we all know that there's a possibility. But the first week I worked there, literally I was working the front desk with a gal named Marilyn and I heard out of my right ear, like if somebody were standing right next to me, I heard Mickey. <laughs> and I was like, well, That's creepy. First, yeah, it is a little creepy. And at first wow. they were pulling a prank because I also heard they did pranks on newbies. And so I assumed, well, then it happened like three times. Hmm, and I wow. turned to Marilyn and she says, what's wrong? And I apparently I had this weird look on my face. And I said, okay, are you guys pulling a prank or something? I keep hearing somebody say my name. And then she was the one with the weird look on her face. And I says, okay, what's going on? And she goes, no, they've been doing that to me for a week. Wow. She goes, you just got your introduction. They're saying hi. Oh, were you Were you afraid when when you heard that or just Uh, kind of confused? Disconcerting. You know, you're like, what the heck was that? And I. I wasn't like literally I thought it was a joke, but it was like, whoa, that was like right. Like if somebody were right up to my ear, gives you that tingly sensation of close talking. I I do want to say, though, in all the years I worked there, I never felt threatened. I personally had never had anything like that. I have had tons of experiences. I mean, we could talk for days, literally. I've had everything from I've been touched I like I said, I've heard them talk to me in my ear. Basically, I've um, seen shadows. I've seen full apparitions. I've seen three of those. Full? Yeah, full. Okay. Like a light body, and then they're they're gone. Describe 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 one of those for us. Okay, the first one that happened, and it was interesting. It didn't happen in, until the last few years I worked there, actually. And I always thought I kept waiting, thinking, "Come on, the other people have said they've seen them. When's my turn?" Well, when it first happened, middle of the day, it was like early afternoon, um, checking people out at the front desk like you would. And there were three computer stations, basically, and there's like a wraparound desk and or a counter, I should say. And I was waiting on a lady and a coworker was to the right of me at another desk with a computer. And then there's another computer to my left. And that's where you would check people out. Well, this. I'm waiting on this lady, like I said, and I, out of the corner of my eye, noticed someone standing at the next computer to my left. And I turned to my coworker and I said, Elise, would you be willing to go check on this lady when you get a minute? She goes, 
I will, but I'm in the middle of something else for somebody, you know, give me just a minute. I'll be right with you. Well, the, across the way was the children's desk. And so another gal was working there, Hannah, and I hollered, Hannah, would you be willing to wait on this lady for me? And she said, sure, be right there. So she comes trotting up to the desk to help this lady. She goes, what lady? And I, I just saw her. She had been standing there. Oh, wow. Did she have any dated clothing or, or she, was it like a normal time? Well, she... it wasn't normal. It, it, if I can describe this, this is my visual for everybody. She was standing there and she was somewhat shorter and yeah. kind of a petite lady. She had medium brown hair and it was either cut or pulled back. I couldn't really tell. She had a cream color top on, but it did look a little older. I have to say, and but you couldn't see from there down because she was behind the counter. But she looked straight ahead. I remember that was odd. Like, why is she just staring, like straight ahead? Yeah. Hmm. But you know, busy doing your job, not you know thinking ghosts. And at first, I thought, okay, I'm losing my marbles. You know, if I had a nickel for every time I said that. And the lady I was waiting on, Jackie, said. Um, I saw her too, Mickey. I don't know where she went. Oh, so okay, so yeah, so you don't, so you can kind of confirm that it's not because I've listened to several podcasts on ghosts and this sort of thing. And historically, Matt is a little bit more of a skeptic. I'm a little bit more of a believer. And I've and the majority of the the ghost stories I've heard, people going on NPR and other big radio shows, they tend to say that they're not they're just sort of there and gone or there there's some unfinished business or it's 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 inquisitive it's never really harmful or and then um but multiple people when they see the thing then it's it it's like okay i confirmed my story i'm not going crazy you know this is what um, i love is the two out of the three that i saw other people saw hmm, yeah so you know and the next one um happened a while back or after that other one. And we were doing a private ghost walk for a business here in town that had had paranormal activity and their um, staff were kind of trying to figure out what to do with that. You know, they're like, okay, what is this? What do we do? Should we be nervous? Should we ignore it? What do we do? So yeah. they approached my boss saying, could we do a private ghost walk and at least learn what your people know? So that's what we did. And there was a large group. There was probably 25 ladies. And so we did the ghost walk. And as we went around our building, it's kind of like a big square inside, sort of. And as we're going around the library and through the stacks and one thing and another, you go to the back far left corner of the library, and it's the young adult section. And we were back there, and we stopped, and we always use like a, a K2 meter and a uh, digital recorder and a ghost box and things. And so we were setting things up, to kind of do that with everybody to kind of give them a feel. And I'm talking away and some of the people were lined up along the stacks of the books and such. And I, this one lady towards the far edge of the group, she kind of stood off. And I said, um, does anybody know that lady? Cause she, I didn't remember seeing her. And she just looked somewhat different. I can't even explain to you why, but she just looked different. But like, like a person in shadow, sort of. And the gal next to me that was in the group, she goes, she's not with our group. We know. And so we 
started over to talk to her and she took off running. Oh, wow. After her and she was gone, guy. I mean, I've got chills just telling you she was gone. Whoa. Yeah. So you, you did you hear foot like put, no. put, put, put there. you didn't hear footsteps? She just ran. Oh. It was just shoom, and she was gone. So I think the thing that for me is like, you know, when you think of ghosts, you think when you're a kid, you go on the Disneyland Haunted Mansion ride and you see these kind of Casper looking creatures dancing and you kind of have this silhouette version of what a ghost look like. It's kind of see through. It's black and white. But it, what you describe, it makes it sound like you can't tell. It's like a human being walks in and you're like, uh, but just kind of like they're in a daze. Well, the space we were in was kind of dimly lit and we do that for you know i mean some people feel like they the ghosts speak to you more that way my experience is in that building anyway because i'm not like i want to say i'm not a ghost hunter i don't like hit all the hot spots and go looking for ghosts it just happened to be part of my job yeah so it kind of evolved because of that and you learn what's real and what's the ghosts in a way i mean she was real but it was kind of in shadow so, but it, it just, there's something like your intuition tells you that's not normal. I, right. I don't know how to describe that. Well, I mean, if but, you think, if, if you see like a dead body, yeah. you, you can kind of, you, you know that too, intrinsically, that's not alive. Yeah. That's not normal. Right. Yeah. And, and, then, a, and a person can be alive and well and speaking. And then the next moment they're dead and you know, just intrinsically that something's off, that it's not right. 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 And, uh, a pretty big amount or pretty large group of that 25 saw her. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and everyone ran. Were, were people freaking out when, when a she ran bit. away? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. So do people think you're playing a joke or like this is, this, this is a setup. They said, now you did that right now. No. <laughs> and they said, you didn't act like you had any idea. And I says, cause I didn't. And that welcome to the club. You just saw your full, so we're oh, yeah. so so were people trying to play it cool like that's all part of this to freak us no. out or were they kind No, of, they were definitely holy crap. <laughs> they were freaking out. So before you get this job, did you believe in ghosts? I did because and you're going to think I'm crazy. I know people always say this. That's no, all right. I I'm the I'm the believer. It's Matt that's going to think you're crazy. I'm married to the original skeptic, but <laughs> I grew up in a family where we had like ESP between me and my, like I'm one of five girls and with my mom and my sisters, it wasn't like it happened constantly, but if something like somebody had something really awful happen, it's like one of us will know and call the other one and go, what's going on. And it's, I don't know how to explain it. It just happens. It just, and we joke about it. And my husband even says, Oh my gosh, you and your sisters, <laughs> but, you know, and like I said, he's the original skeptic. He's never seen anything like this. His family's yeah. never told stories about ghosts, really, that they've seen things. But my family, it's like there is some of that. But like I said, I never really had a lot of, like, ghosts come to me or anything before. Um, but with that said, working with at the library, it's like a door opened and things just started happening. Huh. And one time, you know, people ask us all the time, how does this work? Why? And we're not experts. We don't know, you know, we'll never know exactly why. But one time, um, one of my coworkers, Ellie and I, uh, she was the one that actually started the ghost walks, by the way. 
And so, and then I got involved and we had asked the bosses, the, the staff, the, the group from the, literally the ghost hunters on the sci-fi channel. Um, we'd go to the, uh, Stanley hotel in Estes park every year and do this big event. And we asked, would the library allow us to go and talk to them and learn as much as we can, pick their brains, go to this event, see what we can learn. Because there's nobody in our little neck of the woods that kind of really knew a lot about it. So they did send us. And Ellie and I went in, and um, we luckily had a chance to talk to a lot of them one-on-one. And we did learn a lot. And one of the things that happened is also Chip Coffey, the psychic, was there. He Hmm. was on, like, uh, what's the show? Um, uh, Paranormal Kids. And he used to be on, it. and you should, if you can get a hold of some of those, it's pretty good. Actually, he's, he, I'm a skeptic about psychics, but I have to say Chip was quite impressive. And one of the things he told us, though, getting back to this, is he said, you know, you, people always ask, why me? Why did this happen? How come it doesn't happen to this person, but it happens to me? And he said, if you were a ghost and you walked in a room and there is friendly people in one corner and not friendly people in another corner, meaning people open to it, people not open to it or blocking. He said, which would you go talk to? So people Mm -hmm. that don't block or open, they're more attracted to. He says, it's like shining a flashlight in the dark. It's going to get your attention. And I thought, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that made sense to me. So after that, that's what we would tell people is this is what has been suggested. Well, I was gonna say I was gonna say that because I've listened to several podcasts where, like, somebody bought a house, for example. I've heard a dozen podcasts where somebody buys a house and there's this, you know, they get it for like a cheap price and they never know why, and then they find out, oh, it was it was haunted, and and that's what I hear a lot is that somebody will say that they kind of made friends with this thing living in the house, and there was this, it didn't, it just they got used to it's presence and they're like everyone thinks i'm crazy everyone thinks i'm nuts but you know and this is on like npr so it's like pretty big radio stations and they're telling their stories and they're like you know we sort of had this relationship i didn't feel threatened i didn't feel weird but then some people couldn't see it and uh some people couldn't experience it and uh it is interesting it's like as if these uh spiritual entities have a sense of who's safe who's not safe and they're carrying around some baggage almost where they can't, you know, there's some pain, some wound or something. And they just, they like almost want a friend, I can right? Tell you it's kind of weird. My experience. Um, like I said, I never had anything like that happen until I worked there. Um, I know people that are super religious that really were reluctant to come forward because I know a lot of their religious community says that doesn't happen. No, 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 it's not supposed to happen. Well, it may not, it may be written down. It's not supposed to happen. You're not supposed to welcome it, but it happens sometimes. And I don't know how to explain it any other way that, you know, I, for instance, one gal that worked at the library, she, there's a guy that was the maintenance man and she was the custodian at the time. And this was years ago. And they came in early because they would start at like 6 a.m., go in, and they'd be cleaning up things. And as they walked through the front of the library into what we call the gallery 
and then the maintenance office is off that. They There were these benches sitting there at the time, these long, very nice padded benches people would sit on. And, you know, just minding their business. And she is not somebody that goes for that. She's a very strict LDS lady. And, you know, and she walked in and the guy with her and they both saw it's like half of a woman sitting on the bench, just like hanging out. And it's like they both like made eye contact. And it's like she startled them, but they startled her just as bad. Hmm. Is the way they describe it. And then she just slowly drifted up and just kept going and then kind of up the wall. And, like, she disappeared. And then there were, like, sparks kind of things, they said. And it wow. went, like, up into the ceiling and they could hear pop, pop, pop. And she was gone. Whoa. And Crazy. if you knew the woman, you would understand what a significant thing that is. Because that's not something, And like she said, until I worked here, I would have never, ever thought of this kind of thing right she didn't she she wouldn't have had an open mind until it kind of like hit her in the face and then right and they weren't looking for it right it happened to them yeah that's always that's always a more fun story for me to hear as a skeptic is to hear someone who's skeptical like me who said listen you know i'm not i'm not a believer in these sorts of things but then the remote on the table started spinning around for no reason very fast right Right. Yeah. What are some what are some non visual things that have happened? Like like, I mean, like like ghosts, actual like just stuff moving or people like, you know, having thoughts or I don't know. I I only know one really significant episode where it was like real impact in somebody's mind, so to speak. There's a guy, um, a brother to a staff member was in the library and he's very sensitive and he somewhat psychic, I guess you would say. And um, he was talking to, like I said, my coworker, Ellie, I mentioned her before, and he was standing there talking. I was at the front desk checking people in and out, that kind of thing, and they were standing talking just off from the main desk. And I saw him suddenly kind of like lurch back, kind of recoil, and I thought, what the heck was that? And so he got, he acted really funny shortly after. And then he went off and stood by himself and I thought, okay, there's something going on. Something is, but I wasn't thinking ghosts. I was just thinking what happened to him, you know? Yeah. And so after he left, I didn't want to like invade his privacy or anything, but I took Ellie to the side and I said, what was that about? She says, did you see that? And I says, well, I saw something. But what was it? And she said, well, according to him, we know that there's a seven-year-old girl that is around the library, a little ghost girl. And and that's another story I'll tell you in a minute, but how we know she's seven. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, he, he said they were standing there talking, just doing their thing, and she suddenly appeared to him, like, in his mind, and she ran at him and threw him. Oh. And that's when the recoil thing was. It was like she hit him. And then he said for about 10 minutes after, that's why he went and stood by himself. There was like a film loop going off in his head about her life. And that, yes, we are seeing her. Yes, she lived in Green River. This other guy ghost that has been captured in picture um, and that we've seen him. 
we call him the man in the top hat. That is her father. And he said, oh, she is a precocious child and likes her way. And all this stuff was like looping through his head. And we tried and tried to get him to sit and write it down. But I think it freaked him out. Hmm. And he, he was like, kind of like, no, I'm good. I'm good. And we got him to kind of recount the story again to Ellie so we could, we could kind of take notes. But we really wanted it from him. But like I said, I really think it kind of freaked him out. Wow. Do you? He'd never had somebody run through him before. Well, I haven't either. I mean, that would freak me out. <laughs> either, yeah. that matter. It's like Ghostbusters. Yeah, I, I feel like a, a way to prove that maybe these do exist is if somehow you could corroborate the, the stories in history. Like, oh, this person actually died here, and there was actually this whole story of this person. If someone just randomly was given that information and then go... They said their name was so and so, and then you look back and you're like, oh, this person actually existed. It's harder to like make that stuff up because but it's, it's like, like how- it's a, sure. But then there's the cart before the horse or the chicken before the egg thing. Like, did they go do the research and then uh, kind of right. knew about it? And then you know, there's always a doubt you could cast on those aspersions oh, unless sure, it was sure. completely unknown and then discovered. You know. Sure. But how did you know that? Uh, how did you know about this girl then? Okay, here's here's my and this one gives me chills. I I will tell you this one always gives me chills. We were doing a ghost walk, and at that time we still let a little bit younger kids come. We had to change it later because there were some issues with younger people. But um, I think they were about thirteen. I think there was a mom and two young boys, and then of course the rest of the group. And we had walked through the main area, the checkout area of the library into what we call the workroom where our desks are and how we do the backroom work and everything. And we were standing there and I said, you know, we always kind of get this cold spot here hmm. and it, it just, it would happen a lot. So I said, let's stop here and let's do the K2s. And you guys know what a K2 is, correct? No. Okay. It's a little device that actually electricians use and it has, um, five little lights on the top of it that go from green to yellow to an orange to a red. And um, so we use those to talk to them and we let them use the lights to kind of answer us. What does it, does it measure electromagnetism or what does it measure? It picks up electrical anything in the environment. Okay. Yeah. It's funny. I've actually used it on, I've remodeled the house and I had it. I used, I actually used one. I just didn't know what it was called. So you walk (laughs) up to, and there's an electrical line running through it lights right. up it tells right. you yeah and i've actually yeah. learned that 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 bees have this sense and that's how they pick their flowers and so bees yeah. see things in in kind of different colors based on the electromagnetic field around the flower if it's been visited then uh it'll have a different it'll be dim or something and so right. they'll, they'll go to a bright one or vice versa something like that but there is a sense for electromagnetic fields that humans don't necessarily have yes yeah and, and so we would use them to kind of allow them to communicate. And we learned this from the shows on TV. I mean, not like we know great, wonderful things. We had to learn, too. But we would use those. So we had the K2. And I said, let's start asking a few questions. And I said, um, we've heard that people have seen a little ghost girl. And let's, let's see if she's around thinking, you know, with kids, maybe that would appeal to them. Hmm. So... Anyway, I started, and we have a recording of me. We had the digital recorder going, and you can hear me saying, um, let's just ask, how old you are? Are you nine? Are you eight? Are you seven? And it lit up. 
like what lit up oh, the the K2? K2. Yes. So it's sitting and on it, green and it went to red or and it went to like yellow to orange almost to the top. So I says, "Well, let's continue just to make sure." Um and I said, "Are you 7?" it lit up and then I went, "Are you 6?" and it went wham 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 back and forth like holy cow, what did I say? And I said, you call the seven-year-old a six-year-old. That's, that's really yeah. rude. And I said, <laughs> what am I, are you five? Are you four? And then nothing. And so later when we mm. listen to the digital recording, you hear, are you nine? Are you eight? Are you seven? And you hear in a very soft voice. Seven. And then, yes. And then are you six? I said I was seven. No wow. way. Yes. Where can we hear this? Nate, yes. you have to find I, I this and have, play it. I will have to find the file. I will warn you, though. This is the, I, we don't know how this happened. We don't know what. The recording, now when you hear her say, I'm seven, or seven, and I said I was seven, it sounds a little different now. Hmm. So it's like kind of garbled, but every, all the staff heard it. Anybody we could get to listen to it heard it. And then later, I mean, we're talking sometime later, we would go to get the files off the recorder and off my computer because I saved it because I was scared it would go somewhere and get lost. And it's like the ghost didn't want us to play it anymore. Is all wow. the only thing. Well, if you said if you sent it to Nate, I bet you we could slow it down and stretch it out and try to see if okay. we can figure if, if there if I there it is in there. You. Um, the library has a lot of the files, but I I saved a lot for me, so I will look for it. I would I would be so that's such a juicy mystery. I would love to get into. We'll throw it. We'll throw it in the uh, the episode. Ghost walk videos. I have lots of EVPs, the electronic voice phenomenon. Um, we we would just through all the ghost walks, we would run all this equipment, right? And and try and catch what we could and. We have photos people got. There's oh, here's a story for you, um, and I could, I'm sure they would let me send you a few photos that you could kind of add to your show eventually. Um, there is also a little tiny three year old ghost girl, and the reason I know this is we were doing a ghost walk, and it was kind of like in between. We were waiting to start, and this couple we know they would come to a lot of the ghost walks, and the guy Kyle had his camera, so he just started randomly taking pictures. Well, later after, like the next day, he was like on his computer going through the pictures, and he saw something in the distance, and he didn't, so you know how you enlarge the picture to check it out. They called screaming on the phone going, oh my God, we got a little girl. And I said, send that to me right now. And sure enough, oh, just gives me chills. And behind, we had this very tall, probably eight-foot uh, bookshelf that we put up. You'll, I'll, I'll try and send you pictures of that as well. And just behind it, at a little child height, you see half a face peeking out, and like the shoulder. You see that much of her, like she reached out and was taking a look at us. Huh. Huh. It, and the, the rest of the story is um, the local paper caught wind of it, the Rock Springs paper. We're a great neighbor, but it's the neighboring town. And they called and said, can we 
use this picture so the bosses allowed it. Well, as soon as the paper hit the shelves, I get a phone call from a lady up in Thane, Wyoming. And she said, Nikki, I have a story for you. She said, you know that picture in the paper? I says, yes. She says, I've seen that little girl. And I says, okay, tell me the story. And she says, when I was a kid and they were unearthing the graves to move them up the hill is what they did with a lot of them when the library was, you know, when they were clearing out that lot. Yeah. Um, so they had open graves. Well, she and her girlfriend and actually a lot of the other kids in town were curious. And they went over and they asked the workers, would you allow us to look in? Well, I would not have been this brave at that age. I'm not kidding. They were like in grade school. And she said they went over and the first one was this great big burly man. She, she called him like a lumberjack. Red hair, you know, just bruiser of a man. And the next one they went to was this little girl. She says it was the same, like the ringlets, the same little cream color dress. She says there was the little button up shoes, which we didn't see in the paper, the picture. But she said, I'm telling you, that is what I saw. Wow. And I thought, holy cow, confirmation. You know, somebody that she said, when I opened the paper, I just thought, oh, my gosh, it's mm. her. And I, I wish we had names, but we don't, which you know, in time, who knows, maybe somebody will come forward, but, um, you know, there, there's definitely some stories that tend to add a little bit more belief to them. Yeah. Saw and knew and, you know, that kind of thing. It almost but, feels like, you know, you said there was no hostile, there was no hostile encounters, correct? Like there was no. Well, generally, um, my friend Ellie, she's, she's literally like a ghost mag magnet. She is one of those people that her whole life, though, she's had things. And a couple times she said she felt uncomfortable. But uh, there are people, too, you have to remember, sometimes they bring things with them, not necessarily what's at our building. Mm -hmm. And they'll tell you, I don't know if it's me or here. And But I've never felt anything dark or scary or Stephen King-like you know, if you will, mm -hmm. but yeah. never. And 99 and a half percent people that I talk to, it's just been like, we kind of bump into each other once in a while. It's like we're both in the same space and just sometimes we literally bump into each other and it's, that's when the encounters happen. So hmm. you don't, you don't, this didn't like you didn't take your work home with you. You didn't see these creatures at your house or anywhere off of the property. I know somebody that did. Hmm. So sometimes they attached. They would attach to certain people. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like they. You know, obviously they're attached to this graveyard. Libraries built over it. I mean, if we if we t fully, you know, as a believer, I talk like it's it's certainly what it is. But it's uh, you know, you 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 have this graveyard and these these ghosts live there, and obviously they're not contained in the. You know, in this realm, they can go wherever they want to go, but they seem to be staying in this area where they were laid to rest. And um, I was going to say that the the history is that in the twenties, the land was cleared. They the, they were outgrowing the cemetery, so they had to do something. The town was going around it. There wasn't enough room. They had to do something. So they opened a new cemetery up the hill, 
And so they unearthed all the remains they could find. But unfortunately, that area is very a type of clay that we have around here. And when it gets, you know, the weather gets bad and things, it shifts just a bit. And so sometimes they found uh, coffins or bones. Some of them weren't even in coffins because, you know, it goes back to the 1800s. And so they would try to match up headstones and names to the person, but they couldn't always. They did the best they could. And so some are not marked graves. And some, they did do two um, kind of mass graves at the cemetery. And it was the bones of people that they just didn't know a name or identification of any kind to put with it. Hmm. And sometimes they, you know, there were headstones, no bones anywhere. So they put the headstones up at the cemetery anyway. Um, I, I bet that was tough. I bet it was really hard. They didn't, they just were trying to figure out the best way to do it. I think it was, I've heard stories of where they dug up all these graves and all the way up the hill, they had them just lined out. Hmm. And the locals would come and gawk, of course. And I, I wish there were pictures of that. I just can't imagine what that would be like to just have like coffin after coffin or bones after bones just lined up. Yeah. And then they moved them. But unfortunately, they also missed a few. Do you feel like that's like some sort of disrespect to them? And then now they're kind of like, hey. Oh, no, no, no. I think she's getting to the the opinion because I was going to ask if if you think the moving of the cemetery was kind of the um, kind of stirring it up or if there was people left there. Maybe both. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Um, we get a number of different spirits that people see that, you know, it could be those in the mass graves. They're not identified anymore. Um, it could be the ones that, like, they found bones that they don't, you know, they, it's just interesting. Every time they would do, like, our building settled, like I said, the ground shifts a little bit. And they had to do uh, a resettling of the building and put in supports and things at one time. And they found bones. Oh, they did. Um, literally, here's a good story for you, and you can research this online and on my blog. Um, and I'm trying to, it was in the 90s. I'm trying to remember what year it was. I want to say 96, but I may be wrong. Anyway, I, um, the coworkers, I was in the afternoon shift, but they came to work, and there was a, there's an alleyway just below the library and then the main street. And as they intersect, some construction workers were doing some pipe works and as they dug they dug up two coffins Whoa. <laughs> excuse me and hmm. so as oh excuse me just a minute <coughs> i'm talking too much <laughs> as, the, as the i want to say the front end loader came up so did the coffin Oh, wow. And everybody, oh, you know, it's like, stop, stop, stop. And so they they found the two and they brought him out. So they called Charlie Love and he is very, he's renowned. He's, he's worked on Easter Island. I mean, he's really the guy to go to. And Charlie was at the West Wyoming College in Rock Springs at the time. And so they called him in and he was he's an archaeologist and a geologist. And so there's these famous pictures of Charlie holding one of the heads. 
and um, when I came to work, there were bones laid out on the sheets. They were still working on things. I mean, it was it was quite a day. You go to work, and it's like, holy cow, what is going on? Right. Yeah. There's just, you know, a million people coming up to see what's happening, and the cops are there, and the coroner's there, and they're just making sure they're old bones and trying to figure out what do we do with them. And actually, it's my understanding they're still – um, housed at the West Wyoming College. Huh. Yeah, that, 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 that's interesting because, like, if at any given moment someone could just try to cover up a murder and hide some bones in, under this property and get away with it, you know? They did the forensics so they know they're old. You know, yeah. That was an issue. But um, Charlie's no longer at the college, but I do believe the bones are still housed there. And, um, he basically said he knew one was had to have been like the railroad worker, which that was the big thing in the day. And he said you could tell they had been very hardworking and, you know, would kind of give descriptions of, you know, what he could tell from the bones. Right. But that just goes to show there may still be more there. In fact, there's a story that there are probably four to six graves left alone that they didn't touch because there had been a smallpox epidemic, but these were Chinamen that had worked on the railroad, oh, okay. and so they literally left them. They because they didn't know how long the smallpox virus would last. Right. And somebody said something like two hundred years. So it's like just leave them. Right. Did you did you see any of their ghosts by chance? I haven't, but I we did a program for the public once. And, well, we've done it several, but this one particular time, I was on stage in the multipurpose room. There's a, a big meeting room, and there's a stage there. And I was on stage sitting on a uh, kind of a cafe-type seat. And uh, I was talking away and talking about the ghost log that we would keep and write reports in and such. And I saw in the audience there was these two girls, probably about 13, 14, if that, and they're drawing, and at the time I'm thinking, hey, you're supposed to be paying attention to my story and not, you know, getting what was happening. Well, later they came up to me and they handed me a picture, and they had been drawing what they had seen behind me, and it was a Chinaman, his head, and they drew the Chinese hat with a hole in it, and he was very old and wrinkly. And they literally had drawn him to show me to try and explain what they were seeing. And where was this? Wow. At the library? At the library oh, in, wow. in the meeting room. And then one other gentleman came forward and said he saw a Chinaman. Wow. And that's and that's weird because you can't see it. Would you have been able to see it or were you just your back was turned to it? I have to say I heard something to my right. And that's where supposedly they said they saw this head, but it was just like the head of him. They didn't see like shoulders, body, that. But I, I can remember thinking, well, I don't know what that was, but you know, you're doing a program, so you, you know, on you go. And uh, afterwards, I thought, oh, I wonder if that's what I heard. <laughs> you probably get so used to it. I mean, you've worked there for a long time. Eventually. I mean, did you have some sort of experience every day or was it just once a week or? You know, it, just random when you least expect it, usually. And 
I will tell you, one of the ones that kind of got me the worst, um, where I was working in that back room, like I said, the workroom, I, my desk was there and I was sitting and I had a report that had to be done. And, you know, you know, you had a, a time factor there and, you know, the boss was waiting for it and I'm working and getting my stuff done and just very focused. And, and the only thing I know how to explain it is it felt like stack the ball player step behind me all of a sudden hmm. this great big energy kind of just step like it literally like took a step behind me and you know how you huh. know somebody's behind you right and all of a sudden I kind of went whoa um okay and I I could just like he's watching what I'm doing or something and it felt male it felt huge it did yeah. menacing, but I finally, it, it's like it wasn't going away. And I thought, okay. And I'm the only one in the room, of course. Yeah. And so <laughs> sounds crazy, but I would talk to the ghost sometimes and I go, okay, I've got work to do. I know you're curious about me or curious about you too, but you have to let me get done. I have to get this done today. And it stayed. And I'm like, Please, please understand. You can come back another time, but I have work to do. So you need to leave. I'm asking you nice. And believe it or not, I felt it step back to the left and leave. Wow. Hmm. You know, it's funny. We, 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 done it. we did an episode on Bigfoot, and uh, we, we talked about the reality there. And I've listened to a bunch of podcasts there, too. And they say the same thing. A lot of people, normal people, everyday people are walking through the woods and they feel this presence something's looking at it right and they and I've heard that a thousand times on these podcasts I've listened to where they're just normal folks just like I'm, I went through this wood woods every day of my whole life and then one day I'm walking through and it's something's different something's looking at me and they look and there it is and that's weird because you said that earlier about your sisters this this sense this connection and there's been times in my own life where like I'm cooking breakfast my phone's in another room and I'm like I think my brother's calling me and my phone's always, my phone's always on silent. I go over, I pick it up and he's, and it's, it just started ringing. It's weird. It's like, I've had it happen enough times where I'm like, you know, I don't do that. I don't, it's, it's usually like my brother or somebody that I've had this experience with where I'm just like, that was weird. And I never really thought about it, but it sounds as though when you're talking about like the bees and they have this connection where maybe the spiritual entity entities turn on this, like, ancient primal thing that maybe our brains could have used back in the day or maybe our brains just can't access but this spiritual and like turns on this power that we that we have but we don't know we have or whatever and we can feel it and then but we just can't turn it on ourselves because you know they say the brain is like you what you use like five percent of what it can what it can actually do or whatever maybe it's something in that realm where like we have these skills and these abilities but we just we just can't use them because we just don't know how or we lost the way or we're just not. I don't know. It sounds like something in that world. Sorry. When we no, that's okay. When we talked to the, the ghost hunters and ship coffee and that down at the Stanley in Nestus Park, Colorado, um, that, that's one of the things they said is actually we all have the ability. It's whether we choose to like some people block. It's like, don't come near me. I don't want you. I don't want to see you. So we all have that ability to do that as well. Or like I always call myself a Christian with an open mind. 
because mm-hmm. religious people kind of give me a hard time and go, how can you yeah. believe God but do this? You know, that's a whole other story. But I just think sometimes there's things around us that we can't explain. And maybe we're not supposed to be able to explain. Hmm. I know what happens. It's happened to me a bunch, like I said, at the library a bunch of times. Um, I Like I said, we could talk for days. I mean, I've had little kids. Oh, here's one that'll get you. We have stories of little kids. And this is stuff that we're going to put in the book, but I'll just give you a little bit of it. Um, we have had little kids come forward and their parents and say, I have a story for you. And when it's little kids, I tend to believe the little kids 100% versus with other people. You kind of look because, you know, you have to debunk. You have to kind of not everything's paranormal. I'm sorry, folks, but it's not. Sometimes it's just something electrical. Sometimes, you know, cupboard doors don't hold like they're supposed to when they pop open. Um, but so anyway, one of the stories that really gets me is my friend Ellie um, recounted this. She said she had done story time with the little kids and the mom came up and she goes, I have to tell you, um, my son saw something and we want to explain it to you. And she says, okay. So they walked out of the multipurpose room where the story time is and into the gallery. And then there's a stairs there, a uh, stair goes upstairs and then it goes to like the business office and the staff lounge and things like that. And so they were standing right in front of there and she says, okay, honey, what did, you know, tell me what you saw, tell me what you heard, whatever. And he says, that lady cre- creeps me out. And she says, what lady? And he says, the lady that was on the stairs, she was watching me. And she creeped me out. And she says, were you scared? He goes, well, she was there. And she says, can you describe her to me? And she says, well, she was just there. And she had this long dress and she had glasses on. And I just, I don't want somebody like that watching me. And we're kind of like, okay. <laughs> and we asked the mom, was he really scared? She goes, not really scared, just he knew it was something different, but he didn't, but we, we thought we should tell you. Well, with that said, um, there is the, the first librarian in Green River, not in our building, because there was the original Carnegie Library. And the first actual librarian in Green River was Elizabeth Moriarty. And we have a picture of Elizabeth in the back stairwell um, that has a little tag on it that says Elizabeth Moriarty. And we show that to people, you know, in respect to her for whether it's ghosts or just library history. And what he described pretty much is Elizabeth. Hmm. And she has been seen by other people. And we think, we're guessing, that she's just making sure we're doing our job, taking care of, you know, like there's a lot of books there that have been there since the beginning of the library in hmm. way back. And we think that she's just like, okay, guys, I'm watching. Make sure you're doing your job. And so, anyway, that's one of the stories. There are several with little kids involved that they've seen the man in the top hat. They've seen and mm. their descriptions match exactly like the man in the top hat. A little boy saw him down one of the stacks, and his grandma worked at the library, and they were just hanging out in the children's section. And down the stack, he started looking, and he, you know how a kid will kind of tilt their head and be staring at something, and, and she says, what are you looking at? And he says, 
And he kind of waved. And she goes, what are you waving at? And he goes, oh. And she says, what? And he goes, the man went bye-bye. Wow. All that was said. And she was like, and she is one of those people that has had stuff her whole life happen to her, too. And she goes, oh, Lord, now Xander's getting them. And, uh, and, but later we got him and he was like, he said the man had a big hat. And so we, there is a picture of the man you see a ghost and he has a top hat on. Wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, Matt and I both have kids and they're coming of age when they're starting to say fun stuff. And I understand what you're saying when you believe the kids because they have a tendency to, you know, there's an age before they, there's an age where they have an imagination, but there's an age where it, there's no agenda to to make up things. Um, there's an honesty there. There's they tell it like it is. Yeah, they don't know to make up. They don't know to lie. They don't know to. They just tell you, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's probably more believable. Little kids come up. Yeah, it's it's okay. I'm I'm writing every bit of this down. But I think I think what's important here is, is it sounds like you're shaping a narrative of, of it takes somebody you know when you write a book for example you're trying to make you're trying to present this point right and you take a thousand things you put them in a pot you shape it all together and say look this is what you conclude with this and if you work at a library for 20 years 25 years and you consistently have kids people come in and saying there's a man with a top hat there's a young girl in a dress there's a lady with glasses and you're like. You know what I mean? Like it would be a crazy hoax. Someone would have to plan this huge thing where they got all right. Every time you go in there, say this thing, and it's it's so much effort. And I and I argue this with all kinds of things that people see, is that it it's harder for me to think that somebody is behind a like you know like the Bigfoot phenomenon, like all over the place. Same, it's like it's a it's a it's harder to pull off that hoax. Sure, it could be a hoax. It totally could be a hoax. But it's it seems astronomically difficult to do that versus like these people are consistently seeing the same thing so you know someone walks in walks out whatever but you're there and you're able to go wow like they consistently see these same characters right so yeah and then you tell your and you tell your friends and they're like yeah you're crazy well i I would i would never say it's a hoax because it's a ridiculous thing to hoax about but uh, but i would say it's a mystery and it's a phenomenon and that is what's interesting. It's like, what are the rules of this phenomenon? Like, if there is the detachment of spirits, spirit from body and the essence of a person, maybe in the, in the body that they died in, where, when does it detach? Because to me, it's like, like what are the rules here of this mystery? Like, if, if we're going to entertain it, then does your spirit detach from your body in your deathbed? And then where does the spirit go? Because in this sense, it would be, detaching from your grave which you would have been moved to after death and then it's localized to that geological area like i'm that's the mystery i'm like what are what are the rules of this uh phenomenon you know as See, far as- i think we're, we're really not supposed to know okay i think we're all curious and sometimes it's like oh i'm dying to know you know but i honestly think that's part of the mystery of life and death is we things happen and i think sometimes we just we're literally like people talk about the veil between us right and i think at sometimes we just tend to bump into each other a little bit like right. maybe they're on a different so-called plane dimension and, 
yeah. And yeah. we just, and that's why it doesn't happen constantly. Right. Well, that's yes. Why. I mean, string theory and, and there's, there's total scientific theories about multiple dimensions that are parallel that's to ours. Um, right. and there's so much that we don't know about consciousness too, and how our brains work and just intuitions and senses like Nate, you saying that there's senses that we might've used to survive, you know, you know, millennia ago. And, and that could be very well true. And there's so much about our brains we don't understand yet. So I'm willing to entertain all sorts of like, uh, answers for the mystery, but my skepticism comes when people are like, we think this or we think that or we have this uh, anecdotal conjecture about what they mean or why they're here or, you know, start personifying them. Well, what I'm saying is they if someone whispers your name in your ear, for example, something and, you know, it happens over and over again. It's not something's there. Something it, it, it's not just it happening in your head. Yeah, well, I could, don't think. Well, right? if it's well, if it's Mickey, one. it could have been her sister thinking about her. That's okay. <laughs> I, I'm open to anything. Uh, here's another story for you. I want to give you some of the, the ones that I think are a little more outstanding. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one of the bosses, um, he reported, which he, he tries to not be a believer, but he's had some pretty interesting things happen. And he was up in his office. The door was open. Nobody else was in the building which generally most of the staff, there's kind of a rule that you're not supposed to be there, you know, unless you're one of the bosses and they're allowed. There's supposed to be other people with you, kind of. And it's more a safety thing, not a ghost thing. But um, anyway, he was there and he was working late and he was pounding away at his laptop. And he said he, you know how, you know, intuition, it's like, okay, something's going on. What's happening? And he said, his desk faced his door to the hallway and he said he looked up from his laptop and there was a blue mist in the doorway hmm. and he said he looked down it was like oh crap oh crap oh crap what do i do what do i do and the ghosts make him a little nervous but you know like anyone he was new then you you tend to get I don't know, used to it, not as nervous, all, you know, when it first happens. And he said he looked back down and he thought, go away, go away. I've got work to do. Go away. And he looked back up. It was still there. And he's like, you've got to go away. I've got to get this done. You need to leave. And he said he looked really slowly, looked back up, and it was gone. And he said, you know what? I decided I could do this at home. So he unplugged his laptop to laptop took it home with him finished his work at home <laughs> and he said what wow. was that blue mist well we do have a picture that a gal took at one time and there is a big blue mist wow picture yeah it's like the skeptics sometimes the ghosts are like hey pay attention to me and something that something that of all these podcasts i've listened to that makes me think uh something that might be happening is that I feel like the greatest connection to human beings is that, you know, with social media and all these things, it seems like we just want connection. We want community. We, I mean, we will go th through anything to get that community, whether it's, you know, a fake connection through a phone or trying to have friends or having big families. And it feels like that might be the case even in death where your spirit still wants the sense of community and they're kind of poop 
pooling together at this place and hanging out almost. It's like, yeah. And that's the conjecture that I uh, am skeptical of. <laughs> totally. Totally. I mean, yeah. I mean, nobody it's knows fun what's to going think, I mean, on. I mean, it's fun to think about a mystery and, and, and have, um, you know, theorize about what the, what the meanings are. But we, I think we project too much of our own psyches and own personal, personal experiences onto it to really have an unbiased view. But I love to hear, the accounts and the stories because i think there is clearly a mystery there and uh and and like you said mickey i don't know if it's meant to be solved but i do kind of have a belief that the more that we understand about consciousness and the mind because it is still a scientific mystery that the more we'll be able to explain some of these uh these things and and hopefully you know get closer to the bottom of it sure i i was gonna say one of the one of my supervisors at one time said because she didn't, she wouldn't report things. I don't know if it was she didn't have things or I kind of suspect she wouldn't tell you if she did. And she said to me one time, you're causing this. And I said, isn't it interesting, though, that it never happened to me until I worked here. Right. And she would say, yeah, but I work here and stuff doesn't happen to me all the time. And I says, but I'm not trying to draw them in or walk. Right. I'm just there. She, I'm sure, was kind of blocking. So, right. you know, there's a lot of takes on that. And everybody has their own perspective. And I think that's a good thing. I mean, if you're not comfortable with that and it would freak you out to the point of no return, block by all means. Right. You know? Yeah, I was I mean, just listening to a podcast with uh, Michael Michael Pollan. And he wrote a bunch of books and did this. I don't know if you've ever seen the, the Netflix uh, f- series on food called Cooked. It's like four episodes. It's it's really good. He's mostly just a food and agriculture uh, journalist, but he wrote this book that's just come out called How to Change Your Mind, where he's talking about the use of uh, psychedelics in, uh, you know, psilocybin from mushrooms or LSD or whatever that uh, the the scientists have been continue to 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 do research on after about a 30 year hiatus and how it changes the psyche of people who are are, are dying and their fear of death and their sense of consciousness and be, becoming one and people who are suffering in different ways and how it's curing depression they're getting all these good uh, data back with these you know these trials they're doing um, where they apply these substances to um, change the consciousness of people and one of the things he was uh, he he noted was that people only will have a good trip <laughs> if they're open to oh. the experience of their consciousness, and they're open. And if you're closed off, if you're trying to retain your ego um, and can retain control of your reality, uh, that you you're fighting it, and you actually um, you you can have a negative experience. Or an experience that isn't enlightening, that doesn't actually take your 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 brain to new places. So uh, one of the main things he was talking about was like having an open perspective can really help uh, open up the horizons of your consciousness to experience and see things that are insightful and new. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, it is. I thought it was. <laughs> but that's yeah, what I'm talking cool. about. Like science is kind of delving into trying to figure out our consciousness. And, and even in the case of ghosts, if there is consciousness after death, um, that's a phenomenon that can't be unproven. Uh, right. you know, so if we're exploring consciousness and trying to figure out what makes it tick and what, it, what, what its characteristics are, I mean, think of all the things we've done technologically and we don't understand 
consciousness. We don't understand right. where it arises. We don't understand what is it, is it a spectrum? Do dogs have a little bit and humans have a lot and how does it work? And, you know, we're just beginning to crack that open. And so I get more excited about the science of it and thinking, you know, if we can figure this out, maybe we can have better, um, you know, reasoning and, and, uh, ideas about these paranormal things. Do you happen. feel like any of the Hollywood movies that you've seen have sort of been like, Oh, those are accurate. Those aren't accurate. Like it seems as though like one of the things that, that seems to be a theme in Hollywood and through these podcasts I listen to is that there could be some spiritual entities that are trapped in between. They're trying to get somewhere and something is keeping them from being able to get to the next uh, dimension. So they're kind of trapped in between. Do you believe any of that stuff? Yes. I do. <laughs> um, I know of someone who is very spiritual minded and claims to have helped spirits cross over that felt like they couldn't go for whatever reason. Hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And they do say that when they feel a spirit is needing to cross and just needs that extra little bit of help or almost, she says, like, kind of permission to go, hmm. that um, she does claim she has crossed over several people, as she puts it. So I've never done it. I don't know. Yeah. I, just, I can't say for, I, but, you know, I do believe her. She's very believable. Well, I, I, you know, I brought this up because I heard, you know, this is, this was the advice I've read, on, I've heard on a couple podcasts where someone would buy a home and there would be a, 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 a spirit that was trapped there. And they were like, you know, it, depending on your financial situation, you could be stuck in a crazy burden. If you bought this home, you can't afford it or whatever. You can't sell it. You know, what are you, what are you going to do if you have this thing that's clearly outside of the realm? And then someone suggests that you've got to help this spirit find a way to release itself from this building. And it sounds crazy, but you know, if you owe, if you can't, if, if, if you're going to lose a ton of money on this, you'll just try anything to satisfy this. And I've, <clears throat> kid you not, there there have been like finding the history of what happened to this person. Oh, this person was murdered here or whatever. And then, you know, through some kind of crazy means, I just remember ending some of these going, wow, what a story. But they were able to help this entity. And then the crazy thing is they say it stopped. It no longer appeared. It no longer came back. They didn't hear any voices, no no cupboards or doors opening, none of that stuff. Just that, like, literally just instantly maybe, stopped. Yeah, and the skeptic in me says maybe the ritual satisfied something in your own consciousness so that you yeah. did not perceive it anymore. Uh, yeah, but I yeah. mean, you're talking like an unskeptical, unbelieving person buys a home, good deal, <laughs> and then all of a sudden just like well, you know tortured. what I, You know what I've you noticed know? Like, what? psychologically because I've moved around a lot and this is just me playing devil's advocate like I do as the skeptic. But as Somebody a mover, always has to. Though. Oh, you got to, right? You got to have, I mean, that's that's the yin and yang of life. You got to have both. But, I'm, but, but when I move to a new place... And I'm in someone like, especially when I'm renting, because I rent a lot and I move around. I'm in someone else's house, someone else's established uh, residence that some other people lived in, and you can notice little things about the way they they live their life. I mean, I'm, I remember I moved into uh, this lady's house, and there was a whole cupboard that she hadn't cleaned out, and it was all this like rotting food or whatever. And it was just kind of eerie and creepy. And I remember this heightened sense of awareness of there could potentially be danger in this new place 
and mm-hmm. I don't know if it, 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 it there could be an infestation of ants or rats or mice or there's some other here. This is not mine yet, and I w- had a heightened sense and a heightened awareness of just feeling like maybe my car would get stolen because I don't know the neighborhood or just this sort of like alert and this fear that is kind of built into my my biology and then once I settle in you know a few months go by I've made the house my own I've decorated it my wife's made it very homey Um, we start to feel like it's ours that sort that sort of goes away you don't feel unsafe anymore yeah but I'm I'm talking about a home several podcasts do is like a home that sells for thousands and thousands of dollars less because it's historically been dumped on the next guy because <laughs> people don't want it. People mm-hmm. abandon the place. It's like, oh yeah, we got this great deal, and everyone's like, and the neighbors are like, yeah, that, that house has sold fifty times in the last three years. Oh, it's dude. like, what? Have you heard of the ghost rule, the ghost law? Now though, that people have to disclose. Like, yes, they do. They have to. really. It's a law now. It's wow. Not- it's starting to be <laughs> because people have bought homes thinking they got a great deal and yeah. not pleasant things happened. I've yeah. not experienced it, but these are the stories other people are telling me. I get a lot of stories because once this is the interesting part, once you're known as the ghost lady, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You, you know, it's like being the bartender. Hey, everybody comes and tells you their stories. Right. And you have to kind of, you have to be careful because they believe what they know is true. Some of it you can like, I totally believe in, in debunking. Not everything. Like I said, not everything's paranormal. You, and you try, I mean, I've broken people's hearts because you know, you say, I'm sorry, but that's not what that was. I can tell you exactly. This was electrical. This was, you know, the air conditioning kicked on. It moved this. That's all it was. Sorry. And, but I, I'm a strong believer. You want the truth either way, right? And when you when you sit there and people start telling you stories, I mean, oh my gosh, the things I've heard, you you get a sense too of okay, this is believable, but holy cow, you're buying into this. Right. Well, you have you have people who have these experiences, and there's no expert to go to, and so oftentimes, you know, we, I, I was just doing research on there was this lady that i listened to this one podcast and they talked about this creature called the beast of bray road and it's basically like this werewolf type creature that they've been seeing in um wisconsin you know and this lady was a reporter in the town and she did a report on it and then all people from all over the world started contacting her and she's like i had to write a book because I had thousands of people telling me their encounters and it just it, it chose me. And it sounds like, you know, you, you start a blog on ghosts in a haunted library. Suddenly everyone's like, hey, well, you I got give, a story for you. You give, you give people permission to, to tell their stories, too. And yeah. that's that's the cool well, thing about doing it publicly. At the library, yeah. um, I should go into the ghost log a little more. In, like I said, I started in 92, but in January of 93, I approached the uh, director and I said, would you have a problem? People are coming forward talking about the ghosts. And I had asked if they, can I read more? What do you guys have written down? Is there? And they said, there's nothing. Nobody's ever written any of this down. And I asked permission to start the ghost log. And it ran from then until when I left. I don't know that anybody's added to it since because there's not it's a long story, but they're uh, not replacing staff at this time because of 
uh, money issues and things. And so I don't know that the staff has the time, honestly. But so you have all those years because I left work in 2016. There's all those years and it's probably uh, we now have two four inch thick binders of stories and photographs and newspaper articles. And um, but the one is just stories. Have you copied any of that down and put posted it on your blog? The blog has a lot of it. Okay. And what is your blog for people who are listening? It is, you need to go to the website and it's sweetwaterlibraries.com and okay. scroll to the bottom of the page and it, there will be a little tag that says blogs and you'll link onto that. And there's only one blog now. They've, um, I used to do a genealogy blog as well, which I used to joke about. I always worked with dead people. So, <laughs> You've so, got an affinity for uh, dead people. Yeah. So if you go to that and link on it, they've kept it up. And so you will see, and it goes in reverse chronological order. And But you can link, just click into some of those. And you'll see some that talk about events we had. Like we used to do um, the ghost walks, but then we'd also do in December, we would do Ghosts of Christmas Past, a nod to Charles Dickens. And we dressed in costume. And uh, the staff would provide all kinds of baked goods and we would have entertainment and then we would go on a ghost walk. And so you'll see things about those kind of events. Um, but a lot of it, too, you'll see some of the pictures. You'll see uh, where I've posted the stories, um, interviews with different ones. Um, a lot of the information you'll, you're, you know, to do with this subject, you'll be, it'll be interesting. I'm looking at it. And it's, I'm not getting, it's a, it's like the, the link is broken. Um, oh, is? Yeah. Okay. Do you, if, if you could send us the link, we'll put it in our show notes. Um, so that, people yeah, can I looked at it too along. and it looked like they'd taken the blog down or the site hasn't been maintained. And maybe they're doing, um, like technical work or something. You I should get on the old, uh, medium.com blog. Those are the ones that everyone's doing now where you can post everything and it kind of can fly to all the social media and get shared around. Um, yeah, medium.com. It's just the, the word medium.com and you can, uh, you can post anything as you and, um, you know, people can like and comment and share it around to their friends. And it seems sure. to be the one, the one that most people are using these days, but, uh, also I wanted real quick to mention, even if you just do a basic search on any search engine okay. and the green river, Wyoming haunted library. Okay. A lot of people have picked up stories and pictures and things. Is there like any documentary that's been made about this or anything? Um, not yet, but we are in talks with, I don't know if I'm allowed to say yet, but one certain uh, TV channel is hoping to do an episode of one of their shows on us. Oh, awesome. Very cool. um, that's in the works. Um, we're trying to get the book. My part of the book is done. We just need to find an editor and publisher. Um, yeah. What's the name of the it, book? The Well, at this time, it may change. Okay. But this time, it'll be called Spirits in the Stacks. <laughs> nice. I like and, that. Uh, so it will give a basic history of the library system in the county, um, the building of this new library, there's an interview that I did with the supervisor, um, John Ligurski, that was in charge of the build. And his he had some great stories. 
And so stuff happened from the get-go when the workers were building it, stuff was happening. And so we'll talk about that. There are a couple books um, that are out. One is called Ghosts on the Range by Deborah D. Munn, M-U-N-N. Um, it's a little bit older book, but it was back in the 80s. And Deborah came and she visited a lot of places in Wyoming, and we are in that book. Um, they did a second run of some of the stories, and I'm going to get the title just wrong. Um, Wyoming Haunted Places, I think it says. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but look into that, and there's there's some good stories there. Um, yeah. It's only a, cha- a chapter on us, but that's where things got started. And uh, the books, we couldn't keep them on the shelves. We still check them out constantly. Well, maybe uh, Matt and I have been doing some work with documentaries. Maybe we'll have to do a ghost documentary. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, it sounds like you could talk forever about this, and I and I could listen to it forever. It's so fascinating. I can't imagine going to work the first day and having someone whisper my name in my ear and then wait on customers that didn't exist in this reality. Fascinating stories. Thank you so much for coming on this, uh, this, this podcast and sharing these stories. I want to say just bottom line to people that are listening. Um, the library is first and foremost a library. And we always, we, it was a strict policy. We treated the ghosts, the spirits, whatever's there with respect. And we treated them like they were someone's family because that's what we assume they are. Right. Yeah. Like great grandparents or something. And so we've always had a, a sense of there has to be respect on the ghost walks. We don't allow anything other. There's no provoking, nothing like that. Um, so we want people to feel like they can still come to the library, believe it or not. We don't want people to feel afraid because we don't feel there's anything to be afraid. I think people are gonna people are gonna want to go now. I'm gonna want. I, I want to go. <laughs> I want to go check it out. Come on down. I'll talk to the boss. We'll we'll take a little. <laughs> but I love that though. Like if if you've sensed this fear, I mean, the best thing you do is is talk to him. Say, hey, large man standing behind me, I have work to do. In ghost walks or work or whatever, generally, they responded. They would if you would say, I'm sorry, you know, and sometimes you had to say it a couple times, but. They would respond. And whatever that was, whatever, like I don't uh, pretend to know all the answers, but whatever it is would, like, we treat them with respect so they'd respect us too. Mm -hmm. And then step away. Well, is there any uh, place online? Do you, I mean, other than that blog, which we'll, we'll try to find the link and if you can, uh, we'll communicate with you on that, but is there anything else that you, do you tweet? Do you, are you on Facebook? Is it, do you Um, want people to email you their stories to an email address? At this time, I I mean, they can email me at, uh, just mgilmore at wyoming.com. Okay. And, I, like I said, I'm, I don't even pretend to be an expert. I just know, I just have the experience of well, all those. Years. You're a librarian, so you should, you sh- <laughs> you're good at uh, accumulating knowledge. <laughs> oh, just ask my husband. <laughs> guy. I love it. I love it. Thanks so much. I appreciate you uh, 
continuing to get back to us to make this episode happen. It sounds fascinating. I wish glad it happened, and I apologize for uh, taking so long. Oh, no problem, no problem. We had had some personal things in our lives, and um, you know, like I said, I had lost my mom. And for those of you that know how that goes, so yeah. but yeah, if you have any questions, contact me, and I'll do my best. But other than that, I also try and tell people that. I had mentioned ghost hunters before, and each state has a ghost hunter group, a designated one for that state. And for Utah, um, we had worked quite a bit with PI team of Utah, and I would say those are the go-to experts. Those people, that's what they do. Hmm. So um, for a lot of questions about things, there's a lot of it I can't answer. Right. So try and find your local group. There are experts out there. Do look them up. Well, thank you, Mickey Gilmore. We appreciate your time today, and uh, we'll let you know when the episode goes live. Okay. All right, thank yeah, you. Thank you so much. Have a good one. You too. Right. Bye-bye. Bye.
Can we please have something? These people have waited all night to talk to you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Lighting up. Lighting up, guys. What's your name? Can you give us a name? Thank you. Can you give us a little more? They're trying to report. Can you talk to us? It's okay. Come stand next to me. You're safe. We're not going to do anything to you. Stay right here in the middle. I got so bad. Thank you. I see you're here. Just a little girl. Okay, sweetheart. I'm a mom. You can come stand next to me. I have kids. You know, I got a little girl I'm here who's 11 years old. How old are you? Are you nine? Are you eight? Are you seven? Six? Five? You're not four. Three? Am I going the wrong way? Eleven? Twelve? Thirteen? Fourteen? That thing's a little wild. Oh, maybe Can it's in the floor. Yeah. Okay. Well, she come out and let's see if it's... Okay, maybe there's something in the floor. Okay, guys, if you're being shy, we're going to have to go away. You don't want us to go away, do you? You want us to go on? Okay, we're going to leave. Okay. No answer. Okay, let me get to the chairs and we'll shine the way through. We are getting well, lit. I got another hit again. Did you? Yep. You want us to stay right here or are you mad? Doing